What is up, everybody? Today we're talking about Trump and his new nominee and a lot more on Black Hollywood Lives this week. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Live this week. Cash and deposit, 24 carry faucets, Louis V and Goyard trunks all in the closet. Ain't shit changed, the streets are still watching, and my little baby blue is like, who gonna stop us, huh? Ain't no way to stop this love. Ain't no space in Courtney, I'm waiting for you to sing. What's up? You know you, you, know you know the lyrics. You don't want me to do that. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to Black Hollywood Lives this week. I'm your host, Dario Christian. Joining me today is Courtney Stewart and her luxury head wrap going on. Luxury head wrap yeah. this week again. What's yeah. up, everybody? Welcome, welcome back. And we got a special person in the house today. I'm going to call him like the entertainment royalty. Yes, Omar Epps is. is with us today. What's, What's up, good? man? What's good? It's good to be here. We're well, happy welcome. to have you, so man. So glad to have you. We got a lot of topics to talk about. Your book. We're going to talk about Shooter. We're going to talk about the release of Traffic on DVD. But we're going to go through some topics first and then circle back to you. All right, cool. All right, we're going to jump right jump on, right on in up in this there. week. So we're going to start off with a positive topic because we try to start positive <laughs> quite often yeah. and last week we actually spoke about um, the importance of sort of writing our history and making sure that we as in the black and brown of this country is seen in history and there was a museum in Baltimore that was doing some work uh, they uh, 4th of July they had discovered some information about a young uh, indentured servant who was uh, actually a part of making the original Star Spangled Banner and he, she had never been credited for it and all of that so they're doing their part in writing history and this week we found out that there is another program that has been put in place um, it's the National Trust for Historic Preservation they've partnered with historically black colleges and universities and started a program to encourage black students to go into careers that are in the historic preservation world. So getting involved in the preservation and museums and, you know, architecture and things like that around their personal cities and neighborhoods that they've grown up in. And specifically, this program is called the HOPE program at Morgan State, and they are going to be working their first project. It's six Morgan State students, and they're going to run the first trial of this program. And they're basically coming together to redevelop and um, reestablish the Peel Center for Baltimore History and Architecture, which, according to the NTHP, is the oldest museum in the United States. And um, if you don't know, Baltimore is kind of known as the monumental city because it has like the most monuments, um, historic monuments there, and not a lot of them represent those of our black and brown hue, as perhaps they should, because the culture and history of Baltimore is very rooted in black and brownness. And so they're hoping that they're going to continue by getting the students involved and recognizing that this is a career option and a career path that you can move into, that they're going to encourage that all across Mm. the nation at all of the HBCUs. So if you're at an HBCU, maybe check it out. Maybe there's a program available to you. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just dope all the way around just because of the fact that, as we, as you spoke about recently, there's a lot of history that's just rich history with African Americans uh, historic, historically that we don't know about. And I feel like this is also something that will help bring some of those things out to people that they'll find out a lot more information about things in Baltimore or just D.C. Or, and I feel like yeah. it'll, it'll expand from that for once sure. they really get it going. Yeah, they're already started looking around in D.C. for like the next project for that unit that they'll be kind of taking up in the D.C. area. So, yeah. Yeah, they're expanding and growing. Omar and might have things. some, you know, some historic roots somewhere in, in, in Baltimore that we'll, he'll find out about. We all might. <laughs> <laughs> You're right about that. That's real. <laughs> that is real. 
<laughs> for sure. So congratulations to you guys. Keep working hard, and hopefully more of those programs will pop up all over the place. Yes. We were and are everywhere, yes. even though other people would like to make us think otherwise. All right, moving on, because we'll get there, too. Um, <laughs> so this week, we had to obviously like jump into what was going on in the Twitterverse, and the Twitterverse had a little situation happening with one of our faves, who actually we were talking about last week in a super awesome light, yep. and apparently this week it was not so awesome. So Miss Nicki Minaj was all over the Twitter sphere this week because apparently she got into a little bit of a, a spat with a reporter from Toronto. The reporter's name was Juana Thompson, and basically after having seen, like last week, two weeks ago at this point, because it was June 29th, um, Juana tweeted after watching Nikki perform on the BET Awards, and she tweeted, quote, you know how dope it would be if Nikki put out mature content? No silly shit, just reflecting on past relationships, being a boss, hardships, etc. She's touching 40 soon. I think a new direction is needed. Well, Nikki did not take kindly to that at all, and she clapped clapped back. back. Well, at first she clapped back, and it was fairly, like, soft. She clapped back by saying she listed off a bunch of um, other uh, works that she'd done that she thought exemplified what this woman was already talking about. Like, she said, pills and potions, bed of lies, I'm getting ready, nobody saved me, autobiography. So she just listed off a bunch of songs and things that she thought were reflective of that direction. And so, uh, Juana, we thinking it's going to end, you know, like, okay, well, she clap back, we're fine, whatever. Juana comes back on, and she tweets that Nikki <laughs> DM'd her a whole bunch of stuff that was not very kind. And then Juana decided to post uh, screenshots yeah. of the direct messages that Miss Nikki Minaj sent her. And I'm going to read allegedly. it. Right, allegedly. Uh, allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Um, so here's the screenshot. Screenshot. I can't even talk because when I read this, I was like, is this really happening in real life with grown women? But okay, here's what the screenshot that Nicki Minaj supposedly responded to Miss Wanda Thompson by saying. She said, when your ugly ass was 24, you were pushing 30. I'm 34. I'm pushing 40. LOL. And what does that have to do with my music? Eat a dick, you hating ass ho. I'm sorry, there's like some cuts off and I like don't even know what the word is. Okay, just say just say you jealous. I'm rich, famous, intelligent, pretty, and go. But wait, leave my balls, because I'm tired of you sucking them. <laughs> wow. So why, wow. why waste the time and energy? If, right. If this is why? real, if it's real. If it's real, it's just a waste of time. It was so wasteful. Yeah. Like, really? Why would you go in that hard? Like, why? Yeah. Oh, Marco, are you, what, what are you doing? I mean, it's hard. You know, this, this, you know, social media is, is, um, can be challenging to navigate because you're a human being first, you know, you're a woman, we men, and, you know, some, sometimes you're in a mood where you take things personally, um, which we have the right to do, but... It's like a never-ending army yeah. of opinions, and yeah. everyone's going to have an opinion. And it just seems like when you feed into that, and it, you know, it's, if that really happened, it's just like, come on. And yeah. Nikki hasn't made a statement yet, right? Well, Nikki has not responded to the uh, posting, the posting of this private right. messaging. But since then, of course, the Barb's, who are the Nicki Minaj followers, have um, no army. Army (laughs) have have come very, very hardcore for Miss Juana Thompson and have threatened her life and 
said a multitude of horrible things yeah. about her to the point that it's stressing her out. Mind you, Juana is 26 years old, and she's an up-and-coming sort of journalist, and she was working, and apparently she lost her job, and she's stressed out and can't function, and life is horrible, whatever. She but lost her job before this? She lost her job after this oh, wow. with Karen Silva.com. Oh, so she's saying because she was so stressed out. <laughs> yeah, like all of this is happening. So See I don't, that you know, yeah. that, that seems See like a, it's very much it's a true. setup. But there's a new hashtag that has followed since then. And the hashtag is hashtag I stand with Juana because there are people out there that thought that her initial statement was not haterade. It was just a critique of the performance that she had done. And she's actually a Nicki fan. She's tweeted many a times in support of Nicki when people have kind of come for Nicki about different things. So she didn't really understand why Nicki came so hard for her throat. Snatching her she didn't like that like she that. almost is forty. She she was not feeling that statement. I mean, that's what you think it was. That's what I think. She was like, "Oh hell, no, I ain't almost no damn 40. Like, that's what, what you know what? I think that's what made her mad. She was like, "I'm a young chick. Like, what are you talking about?" No, but all jokes aside, I mean, I, I, when I first read it, I was like, "Wow, this is." I mean, entertaining in one regard, and I and, and I laughed at the beginning when you were reading it, but it actually realistically is sad to me because we, you know, we look at the way women, black women especially, are represented on reality TV. We see, you know, the housewives and, and young girls are looking at that and they think that's who they need to be and represent. So when you look at Nicki Minaj, who has this huge, massive following and worshipness from her fans, worshipness, worshipness <laughs> from her fans, she, uh, you know, she went hard, you know, and 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 kids are going to look at that, and hence why her whole posse is now going after giving. Yeah. Death, I mean, is it worth a death threat? You know, I, know. I mean, come on. Are we going to evolve out of this? Like, I get like when social media kind of the onset, like, and as we're kind of making our way through it, it's that whole like, oh, I can't filter myself, or I, I get caught up in like groupthink, and that's why mm-hmm. people can like bully online and all that. But at some point, do, do we ever evolve beyond that? Or not when we, we really not when you like, turn on basketball wise and it's still on every you know Thursday well, night. Not only that, we we won't evolve past that until people are held accountable because. You know, most sure. of the things people say on social media that would never in a million years say to somebody's face. In a million That's years. True. No. So That's until true. it's like you can see and identify, you know, I don't think it's just going to keep spinning out of control. That's true. Yeah. Um, it's just So then does that then continue to spin society out of control because social media is never really going to go away? It's just going to continue to change? It, it, I think eventually it'll change and evolve. Um, it's just become a part of our ecosystem, the way we communicate and, you know, just like there was a world before Facebook and stuff like that, there'll yeah. be a world after. I'm just glad I'm not a kid now because Oh, oh uh, yeah. my you know goodness. What I'm saying? <laughs> I know you got yeah. two young kids, but I like yeah. I, you know, I would not want to it's, be a kid right now. It, I just can't even imagine. I'm I look at my concerned. little cousins and things and the stuff that they're yeah. around and they have to my God, baby, be on blast. Thirteen today, yeah, and I'm just like, like, girl, I'm, it's hard. I'm happy to be an adult. <laughs> Glad that yeah. social media wasn't around. Well, apparently, it don't matter for some adults. <laughs> well, that is true. <laughs> we'll move still on to that. All up in that. Yeah, all up in that. Uh, yeah. We'll mention him, I guess, now. Uh, we'll go to the E.R. Web Story Spotlight of the Week. You see, I'm happy about that. Also in the Twitter sphere. Also in the Twitter sphere. Well, uh, Mr. Trump, who you were referring to, is uh, made headlines again this week. Even though we continuously say we're not going to talk about him, we still talk about him. Um, well, we know that he was he was up for nominating one of his conservative judges for the position that replaced Anthony Kennedy, and it has now been confirmed. It's Brett Kavanaugh, um, which this is going to really disadvantage, be a huge disadvantage to the Democrats, and a lot of them have been opposing this decision since it was announced 
this week. Uh, they were citing certain things like Judge Kavanaugh is way extreme and does not believe a president should have to be investigated, which is a huge thing. Uh, he's a threat to civil rights. Kavanaugh believes he a judge must um, interpret the Constitution, m must interpret the Constitution that's written, so that's a huge problem for people. Uh, also, the director of Action Center for Race and Economy, Maurice B.P. Weeks, had this to say about uh, the new appoint appointing position. This threatens to destroy decades of progress made by our nation's most vulnerable communities, and it locks in a white supremacist agenda from Capitol to the White House to the halls of our nation's highest courts. People of color, women, and so many other folks push the margins of America, have already lost so much under this administration. It's racist, it's anti-immigrant corruption, and it's um, corporation-first policies. NAACP also made a statement as well, which is very similar. You can read it at eurweb.com. Um, but what do you guys think about this? I mean, we knew that this was going to be a huge problem once he officially named the person who was appointing the position. They was going to have a problem with whoever was named anyway because yeah. everything <clears throat> is so split right now. But it is what it is. It is what it is. That's all you can say. Right? <laughs> just, like, I know. It's, it's like, like, what do you say? <laughs> right. It's, yeah, like, what do you say? What do you do? Instead of making, instead of, um, and we know the obvious is obvious, but instead of taking it in such a personal um, way, they are, they have the other views, they're on the other side, this is what, you know, we would do. Yeah. If we was in position, all right, we want a guy that has our beliefs, so, you know, we have to, um, we just got to get better, man, as, yeah. as, a, as a country, as a people, it's just, we're so divided, we didn't get here by... Um, we didn't we didn't get past the initial you know the roots of what we come from in this right. country by being divided. Yeah. So I just can't wait for for people to um, to come together. Yeah, I'll be interested to see like what what happens at the midterms and how do these last like like this next eighteen months sort right. of plays out because in the end like like you said like if it were you know if. Hillary was in the White House. She was going to pick her side sure. of judges and all of that. And I get that we, it's kind of, a, it's really uncomfortable because it feels like going backwards because there was seemingly so much progress, at least in terms of like, you know, equal rights for LGBTQ and, you know, women's rights and things like, it seemed like there were so many things that we were making steps in the right direction and we were just on the precipice of mm -hmm. making some real change happen. Mm -hmm. And just as we're about to like step off into glory, like everything sort of disintegrated yeah. beneath our feet. And I, I mean, I guess the model is always history. Like every time, you know, the Civil War happened and then, you know, uh, the uh, the Reformation after the Civil War happened for like, what, 15 or 10 years? Two and years, then yeah. some uh, the, the new president came in and destroyed all of that and then instituted Jim Crow. And we were, in a way, going backwards again for another, what, 100 years before it became the 60s civil rights movement. Yeah. So what? I think it's uh, whatever. In the end, I'm babbling that it's it'll it'll be interesting to watch what how this sort of plays out in terms of what we do do as a people. And when I was I was watching CNN's clip the other day when I, I don't know if you guys saw Angela Rye like cried on air. She did, yeah. Um, because there was I forgot I meant to write it down. The guy who was <clears throat> the other commentator finally he just said like this does seem like a racist agenda. He's, an, he's a Republican himself, and he's like, the woman in the middle was saying, like, you know, well, he was, Trump was Republican, I had to support him because that's who my party, like, went for, and the whole question is, well, 
does that ever have an end? Like, is it always just, well, I'm a Republican, that's who we picked and that's who I'm going with and you're not going to look at the person and what this person is really doing because if that's the case, then would you not vote for Hitler? Like, that's the whole, <laughs> the whole theory behind that is flawed. Right. And the fact that the third guy who was also Republican stood up and said, no, he is racist. We do have to stand up and say things against this because he is making choices that makes things like voting for Hitler okay and right. we don't want to be that. Right. So I'm, I will be fascinated to see how people in, that are already in power if anybody will ever like really stand up in the next 18 months and say like that's, this is not who we are this is not who we want to be that's know. the key yeah. that's the key because at the same way you know the, you you describe these things so eloquently and it makes the blood boil for me my blood boils just as much thinking about how many people did not come out to vote of yeah. course yeah you're right. Like, sure. thinking about how many people were just like, nah, I just don't like... And I'm like, because yeah. back then, I'm, you, you do realize the alternative, right? Like, yeah. right, right. this is not this a game, is, right, yeah. right? Right, right. Like, y'all are still on the Obama high. This, yeah. this is a real thing right, right. here. Yeah. And so, you know, in terms of galvanizing for the midterms and then pushing forward to 2020, that's where we have to focus our energy. We can't sit around griping about an agenda that we already know they have this agenda. Yeah, you for know sure. What I mean? and, and, and we got to really... That's the only... Um, that's the only place we can put our focus because that's where we have our power Agreed. in the voting booth. I think the millennials are going to save us this time. That's what I think. I think the, the I think I think they got the taste. I, I really do. I feel I like hope I hope so. so. But I hope I, in my little last three cents. I really hope that at some. I don't believe in this two party system we got going on. Right. I think it's it's it's, it's very very problematic, mm-hmm. and it doesn't. It's not in alignment with who we are now at all whatsoever. And I. And I think the girl who won in New York for yeah. that, um, oh, she was, she was, uh, for that primary. Uh, gosh, I can't think of uh, Angela Ocario Cortez, I think. Yes. Um, but I think not that I'm, you know, saying we should all be like socialist Democrats, like whatever. I, I think we just need to define that there are other options, and that a Republican and a Democrat don't necessarily encompass everybody's ideology, and that it's actually okay because if we get something else, at least one other thing in the middle that's a viable option, perhaps. Those as we continue to separate further, like that would draw the magnet back mm. yeah. towards center a little bit, so that we can find some kind of common ground to grow on. Because right now, everybody is so ostracized; it's like we're pushing further and further away from each other, not closer. So yeah. it would be nice that something in the middle could work or be positive or be That's an supposed option. to be the independence. Yeah. And the name Tony just pulled it up: Alexandria Ocasio Ocasio Cortez. Yeah, thank I was you, almost Tony. there. You're thank almost you. There. Appreciate that. Yeah. But yeah, so I think I personally think that that's going to be. Ex- exceptionally necessary for all this ostracism to ever come back I agree. somewhere to the middle. I, I hope it happens. <laughs> right, as we have a moment of silence. I wish I had a plan. Like, I just, <laughs> right? It was like a moment of silence. You just got to breathe sometimes. I'm like, I want a plan. I need a plan. I just don't see what the plan is yet, though. If it's, if it's another, if, if he goes this full term, we can't take another four years. No. 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 So, like, you could do Until I, I, I legit will move to Canada. What you said is, you know, that's idealistic. Yeah. That's not realistic. Right now, right. this is what this is what this is the game we have. Yeah, here are the rules. We got to focus on that in twenty twenty. Is it not realistic if we don't? Because currently, oh, this is another whole conversation. I'm about because we currently don't have a Democrat that is in winning position. Yeah, we're in a huge disadvantage. Sense. Absolutely, that's true. Um, so the idea he or that she is being. They're being I, I believe he or she is being groomed now as we speak. I hope so. In a lab somewhere. In a lab somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, are <laughs> they are putting the together. Um, like somebody that will 
correct that yeah. Cheetos looking. <laughs> Listen, it might happen. I hope so. There's, okay. there's. We'll I hope see. so. We're gonna see. We'll All right, see. we're gonna move on. Uh, last story today before we talk to Mr. Omar Epps here is uh, there's been a lot of obviously we know a lot of praise that came from Black Panther and a lot of the cast members have gone on to move to amazing things since the film came out. Uh, another one who we'll add to that list is Winston Winston Duke who played Mbaku. Uh, he has landed a new role as the lead as Kevin Kimbo Slice Ferguson. In Backyard, uh, Backyard Legend, the story will be about Kimbo Slice's rise from homelessness to mixed martial arts uh, after his vicious backyard fights went viral on YouTube. So it's a huge, huge deal. Uh, he died suddenly in June 2016 at the age of 42 from a heart failure and, and liver, uh, like a liver mass as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the film is being produced by Beholder Productions and We Bros Entertainment. And, um, you know, kudos to him. We, we hung out with him. It's Courtney's crush. You know, um, I know Courtney's a little bit smitten with him. And uh, we got a, we got <laughs> a chance to hang out with him. him and, and he's a very talented brother. So And he's very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that. So Just so y'all know, he's commentary. very sweet. Yeah, he was yeah. very sweet. Yeah, it's very. Yeah, I'm sure he'll but appreciate congratulations. that. Yeah. No, that's big. So <laughs> it's a big still, deal, and that's still. a cool story to tell too, because that guy was, he was. Insane. Oh, he was. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I, can't, I really am actually excited for this movie. Yeah, I, I, I can't wait to see it. That's gonna be yeah. some old fight club. Yeah, that's like, just, yeah. It's gonna be it. vicious. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, guys. We but I, but I appreciate that these stories are being told now because we've talked about on the show many times that you know there are so many stories out there for African Americans that we just don't see. We <laughs> tend to see a lot of either the same thing or recycled things. And you know, you've been in this industry for such a long time. I know you've seen different waves. I mean, we all have enjoyed watching you uh, on TV and film. Thank you. And what have you seen, or what, what have you been the most proud about this the industry that's that you see changing right now? Now, yeah. Um, I, I mean. I guess that there's just so many uh, great, young, able, um, smart, talented filmmakers, you know, producers, writers, and, you know, finally that push is happening um, behind the scenes in mass. Um, And they're leading to profit. Because at the end of the day, we've been saying this for years, it's show business. So, you know, you get this (laughs) shot, you get that shot. Okay, you give us Black Panther. We're gonna show you what we can do <laughs> right, right, worldwide, right, not right, just domestic. Right, and then you, right. and now, so there's no turning back from that. And um, so it's it's just an exciting time for us, man. It's just an exciting time. Yeah, and I mean, it's just I, I really st- I'm starting to see the change. I mean, we just we're talking about how the academy is letting in a bunch of black folks. Yeah. Uh, and I hope Me too. that that <laughs> I got into the academy. Yeah, yes, I know you're one of the names. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, do you think that that'll be a quick change that we'll start to see, or is it going to take a while? Because some of those changes that were Put into the system a couple of years ago, we just now are starting to sort of see. You know? Yeah, I think it'll take it'll take a while just because of you know the fact like even all of us getting into the academy, but you know how many films are going to have lead black characters that'll right. be mm-hmm. up for you know what I mean. Yeah. So there's still that that sort of chasm. But look, we're making progress. We progress are. is better than none. Yeah. We are. We, we are. are. And do you do you still feel just because having had such a long career and we because we, we talk about a lot how the '90s was like a heyday for sort of like comedy TV for black people and then even in the late '90s when you guys like came out with the Wood and the Best Man and things like that it was sort of looking like okay this is a real shift and like it's obvious that yeah. these are things that people want to see and people go to see but then somehow by the mid 2000s it became like a desert for uh, black art in general on film and TV so do you how do you think that we're overcoming that in this era, or are we setting up only for a few more steps back to try to make a leap forward again in 20 years? Right. I mean, 
Um, I think it's just my opinion. I, no, I think we're we're set up to win. Period. Because one, um, you have so many outlets, and the outlets have to be fed content. True. And the you know a lot of this content is going to speak to a certain demographic, and it is what it is at this at this point. They don't they're losing control over that. Okay. You know, so you have so many points of distribution where you just gotta feed the beast. So it's just like along came Netflix. Yeah. And Amazon's gonna have to feed and who's gonna have to feed and then the networks are trying to compete with that and you still have cable. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, just by the nature of how it's set up, I think down the line it's gonna create more opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and as I was mentioning, we've enjoyed so much of your work. I mean, you you you've had your hands in a little bit of everything. Not only are you an actor, but you also have written a book. You know, yeah. uh, I mean, uh, from fatherless to fatherhood, it came out in June, correct? Mm-hmm. What was what? What can you tell people who haven't picked up the book yet? What they will, will be able to expect? Pick up the book. No, <laughs> pick, up, pick, pick it up. up. I self-published a book, by the way. So please support support your boy. Um, I had a moment with my uh, a moment with my son years ago that caused me to reflect on my life um, having. It caused me to question whether having grown up fatherless, did it somehow creep into my fatherhood? And I began this exploration of self and in my life. And like midway through, um, I was like, wow, maybe my story could be used as a, a tool of inspiration, possibly. Yeah. Um, because we've made many great strides as a community when it comes to the issue of fatherhood, but we got a long way to go. Uh, you know, and so I want to, um, you know, the, the, I want to try to help shift the narrative, if you yeah. will, where it's not cool yeah. to, like, not be in your kid's life. There's no excuse possible, um, especially amongst us men. Like, if we in the barbershop and we know homie ain't holding it down, you you lame. Yeah. Like, we don't we don't accept that anymore. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's about a lot of things. It's a, it's a look at my life through that scope, and ultimately it's about the power of choice yeah. and how it's always available to you. Yeah, and I mean, I think that, um, you know, you represent a positive light that a lot of young black kids need to see, especially men. I mean, we see the fatherhood portion and we see a very successful marriage that you've had for 12 years. Mm-hmm. What would you give as advice to people who, I mean, because 12 years yeah. of Hollywood is like 30 years in regular <laughs> world, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? So how, what would you tell people, like, how do you how do you keep it going, you know? I mean, you, I'm moving from a genuine place. Yeah. You know, like, like me and wife, you know, our life don't have nothing to do with anyone else but us. I love that. You know, yeah. and so at the end of the day, you, you know, you're moving from that uh, space of love and, and, and care and respect and realizing that within, you know, we've created these children together and this is going to be a part of their life story. Um, and just, you know, stay prayed up. Yeah. You know, <laughs> definitely stay prayed up. You're going you're gonna to have some bumps and bruises as, as you will in life. But, you know, I just know I chose the right life partner for me. Yeah. You know? that's, that's key. No, I'm that's saying that. Important. That's true. That's, that's important. At the end of the day, and I speak about this in, in my book, there's so many different scenarios that can happen within the context of a relationship. But once two people choose to um, have a child together, they're in essence making a lifelong commitment to one another. That's true. You following? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like no matter what, no matter what happens to the relationship, y'all got a kid now. Yeah. That y'all both have to be responsible for. So now you have to hold each other in a certain regard. Yeah. You have to have a certain amount of respect for that person and things of that nature that, yeah. you know, once the emotions die down, if the relationship dissolves, that you're able to 
co-parent effectively. Yeah. You follow me? I feel you. Yeah. No, that's, that's, we need a lot more of that. A lot sure. of that. A lot of that. And currently, right now, you not only have a successful TV show, Shooter, you also have uh, Traffic, which is hitting the DVDs on July 17th. We got a little yeah. clip here uh, for everybody out there. Happy birthday, B. It's your dream call. It's amazing. Let's get away from the city. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is a celebration. I did not know you guys were coming. That is a hot ride. Built it myself. Heard you learn that in the prison auto shop. Not looking for any trouble. Trouble? Can't hold a polite conversation. <laughs> oh my God. Car, get your. Give me a minute. Got a big problem. Can't find the phone. People I work for do not accept mistakes. It's crazy. Hey, baby, your phone is ringing. That's not my phone. I think I put my phone in your bag by accident. Let me help you. Just give me the phone. Just give me the phone, okay? We will kill you. Hey, you got something that belongs to me. They're gonna kill us. I need help right now, please. I don't know where I'm at. Where are you, little lady? love myself a, a thriller with black folks. Thriller, <laughs> action. Y'all gotta yeah. pick up that on DVD July 17th, and it's already on digital, it's July 10th, so it already came yeah. out digitally. Yeah. I just got a really important question with that, though. How soft were Paula Patton's lips? Oh, wow. Really? Oh, <laughs> oh dare y'all. We're just jumping right into well, it. We're just, gonna right. jump, we're just gonna jump right into it. I thought we were gonna talk about We are running through the, the guns and the action, and you got oh, to drive this fast I'm, car. I'm gonna get to that. That's, that's my crush. You know? okay. That's well, my crush. Yeah, that is Ariel's crush. And now we know, for sure. They were as soft as you would imagine. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> is that the right way to say it? That, that, that was very, I'm doing my newscaster. Nah, P is P is dope, man. We we had a uh, a really good time working together. We've known each other for years, and yeah, it's the first time we got to work together. So cool. we just got after it. You know, yeah. we had a blast um, creating the chemistry for those characters. And Laz, every time I see I, Laz, kills it in this movie, yeah, man. Yeah. And Rosalind, cast is just. Killer anyway yeah. overall. Yeah, yeah, and then you know, just it was a ch it was a challenging. I think we call human trafficking is the PC way to you know to talk about slavery because that's yes. really what it is. Yeah, and that's a very challenging um, concept for people to accept. Yeah, and that's what made you know all of us want to be a part of this film because it's really shining a light on the issue of human trafficking. And it was crazy when I was researching. Um, for the film, you know, when you say human trafficking, average person thinking, oh, that's somewhere out of the country. Yeah, or like somewhere in right Asia somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. yeah. yeah. and yeah. It's, yeah. it's like, nah, it's like no. around the corner. A huge yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's in the in, airport. Yeah. It's LA in the, and Ohio. Yeah. All over everywhere. the place. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, so we just tried to show how a, a happenstance can happen, you know, in your life. And if you pay attention, 
you'll see you can see that something's off and yeah. possibly help save. So I'm not talking about like being a hero, but just like picking up the phone, calling the cops, or yeah. you know, because this stuff is happening in the malls. You know, 15 year old girls hanging out with her girl. Sure. They yeah. meet another yeah. girl they think who's 15. Oh yeah, come meet my boyfriend. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then boom. Um, so yeah, man, that's that's what the film's about. And uh, if you haven't seen it, definitely go check it out. You have to check it out. Definitely check it out. It's energetic. It is definitely. And it, there was so much action going on in the movie. What was one of the toughest scenes for you to actually shoot? Um, I mean, it, it was the, the stuff in the house. All of it, really. It was challenging because I, I, I looked at the film like it was like a romance that morphed into a suspense thriller yeah. that then morphed into a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it was super intense, um, like it needed to be. So, you know, we were trying to grab people's. Hearts. It was so fun to see it when it was in theaters um, with people. <laughs> you know us. <laughs> they talked to that movie. Right, right. But it's one of the, it is one of those movies where yes. it's almost like interactive. You yeah, know? Mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's um, you know, we, it was it's a great movie and just uh, I love the fact that we have black thrillers now that we you know haven't really been exposed to in the past as much and mm-hmm. and and it's exciting to see that transition go yeah. on in Hollywood right now Absolutely. so I applaud always you always exciting with a message yeah because that info on human trafficking is scary serious stuff. mind blowing it right? is, it is mind blowing yeah, yeah. it's scary it's all real so yeah and then we're also up on the 20 year uh, anniversary of poetic justice and I know Tupac was a good friend of yours and you know what do you think that he would be doing today actually if he was still alive oh man I think honestly I think by now you know Pac uh, his filmography would have been incredible, but I think he would have went into like community activism. I think, mm-hmm. and I think that he would have um, spearheaded something major in yeah. terms of uh, I don't know what type, you know the movement or organization or something that um, would have would have been major at this point. Yeah, you know, formidable in terms of community activism because that that's what he was at his core. Yeah, you know, but as far as a, creatively, I always feel cheated. You know, as a fan yeah. of Tupac, you know, and that, I'm just talking, I'm talking about as an actor because he he has so much potential. And, and um, I don't know, that's just something like as a fan, I always feel cheated because you only got, you only got a like, couple movies, yeah, handful of movies, yeah. got a lot of music, yeah, so that's great, but yeah. yeah. And R. I R. mean, every time I see Juice, I still get hype, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. that movie is just, it's a classic, you thank know? you. Oh, yeah. oh sorry, Quinn, I'm no, it's just, thank I'm like. I know, it's like bringing back memories, you know what I'm saying? What would be a role that you would like to play that you haven't done so far? Um, my process is a little bit different. I mean, outside of um, like a biopic, like for instance, I would love to play someone like Frederick Douglass. Or, yeah. mm-hmm. um, I'm open. That's my pro- I don't. I don't key in on a particular thing, you know. Selfishly, like I'd love to do comedy, I'd love to do action, you know, yeah. I'd love to be in black... Panther 2. <laughs> What's popping? <laughs> we uh-huh. all calling on that. Right, 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 right. Look, we get our shoulders going they on. Got, they got news reports in Wakanda. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. That's right. There you go, Corey. Reporting live. <laughs> but yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm open. I'm really, um, you know, at this point, I'm, um, I'm going to act forever. I love what I do, but I really want to... Uh, the, the evolution of my career is going more towards writing, producing, yeah. directing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what my main focus has been for the past few years. All right. Well, we're excited okay. to see what Can't other things what uh, that you'll coming. be working on. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And Shooter's on tonight. Shooter's on tonight. Check it out. I got to go live tweet right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what, what would you say if uh, fans can expect from the rest of the season? Oh, it's just, it just turns up. 
up, up. Right. You know, it's like a right now. It's, you know, it's, each episode is its own roller coaster. Yeah. But in terms of the season arc, it's you know, I can feel the energy. Right? I can feel it. Like I can yeah. feel it. It's really fun, man, and um, I'm having a blast doing that show. So you know, knock on wood, we get a season four too. Reclaim that. Reclaiming that. Yeah. Where can fans find you on social media? Uh, at Omar Epps on Omar um, Epps. Twitter, IG, Facebook. All right. Courtney, where can people find you everywhere? All over the place at Stuart Starling. All right. And you can find me at Dario Christen on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and on Broken Famous on the Reels channel. Uh, and you'll see us next week. Next Omar, week. thanks for coming in, man. Thank, Thank you so for having me. Appreciate you, brother. Pick Thank up you. traffic July 17th. Peace, everybody. Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us, info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio. Instagram me, at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. The views expressed here are those of the host owner and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.